630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. Well, nice start for uh, Clayton Kershaw for the National League. He uh, picks off Shoei Otani at first base and strikes out Aaron Judge. Uh, The Jays, uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., he did manage to bat in in that inning. He grounded into a fielder's choice to the shortstop, so no runs for the American League in the first. The National League is batting Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays is the starting pitcher for the American League. And wearing the, uh, I don't know if this is a, overly new thing or not i mean i admittedly uh, don't always pay attention to the all-star game uh for major league baseball because sometimes i'm either on holidays or i'm really deep within the elk season uh but hey i got a chance to do this show so i'm able to to watch this i'm monitoring it right now and i believe the national league has just scored but Mm -hmm. i like the new uniform look it's pretty sleek. So you got a home jersey, road jersey, and every player has their team represented on the front. That's pretty cool. I, I do like that look. Yeah, it's a team, uh, I don't want to call them logo, but it's a team lettering on the front of the jerseys that you'd normally see in, uh, if you're watching day-to-day MLB games and stuff like that, except it's all in gold. <laughs> it's gold. <laughs> I think you're uh, referencing a uh, Mike Myers movie. Right? Yes, an Austin Powers movie from way back when. So there we go. Yes, Gold Member. Gold Member, yes, which is my take favorite the, of, of the trilogy. Take the Faja away. Yes, my absolute <laughs> favorite of the three of them. So. Oh, you really like that one, eh? Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, Beyonce wasn't bad in that either. So there you go. It's one nothing uh, National League. In the uh, bottom of the first inning, there absolutely. You go. We'll and uh, Dave, our guest is ready to go here. So, oh, excellent, excellent. Well, before we do that, uh, he, I know our next guest has been quite busy and has worked with a lot of quarterbacks this year. Kenny Lawler has had three different quarterbacks throw him a touchdown pass. So, he was asked today, is it difficult working with three different QBs to find rhythm? No, kind of, but that's what practice is for. Um, you know, uh, we've we've had practices. Uh, we, you know, we've had multiple quarterbacks throwing us the ball, and that's where we find our way. We try to, you know, carry uh, everything that we've uh, built in practice onto the game. And um, for the most part, you know, uh, whether it's Trey, whether it's uh, whether it was Nick, whether it was, um, you know, Taylor, I felt like we all have a, a certain chemistry. And uh, right now, it's uh, Taylor's up, and uh, he's doing a great job. So we're gonna uh, keep going with that. Well, uh, one of my best memories of, of my next guest, who is in his second stint with the Green and Gold, when they won the Grey Cup in 2015, I did a three-hour and 20-minute post-game show from uh, from the Media Hotel in Winnipeg, and Jarius was very nice to come over when I was waving frantically to come over and, and talk to me and, and spend a few minutes with me. And uh, he admitted that his uh, vertical was as good as, a, I think, as big as a credit card. So I don't know if that was always the case with Jarius Jackson as a player, and now as a coach, as the pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, but he's so kind to join us now. Hey, Jay Jack, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys doing? You remember that, huh? My credit card, Bert. <laughs> I remember that, and I think that's mine, too. So 
it worked out for you, so maybe it'll work out for me too. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. No uh, doubt. Man, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that you have had to work with, and I don't know if you've done the count yet. I believe I saw 11. I don't know if you, at some point you just don't count anymore, but uh, man, oh man, it's been a been quite the year for you so far, working with a bunch of different quarterbacks from a you know with a bunch of different backgrounds. Yeah, it's been a revolving door a little bit, uh, but at the same time, you know, we're just gonna keep pushing forward, man. Trying to find, trying to figure out who wants to take the the lead at the spot and and, and maintain it and hold on to it. So. Um, you know, since since Arbuckle's gone, then you know the, the room's a little bit smaller now as far as um, you know with Trey and Taylor, and uh, you know Mike is back taking snaps at quarterback now, and uh, we found a kid by the name of Ben Holmes the other day. So yeah, I don't count anymore. I just coach the guys up. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you can do. <laughs> uh, that's I, it. I'll just get Taylor Cornelius starts last Thursday after. Mm-hmm. I know he's been in practice, and I know he was in a training camp, and we saw him in the two preseason games in Winnipeg and at home against Calgary. But he hasn't dressed for five games. To come mm-hmm. off the bench and to have that performance, how impressive was that for you? You know what? I, I, I've known it's been in him just from the film that I've watched on him and evaluating him in the offseason. Uh, you know, he came into this uh, training camp and preseason and you know he didn't just jump out and wow us but at the end of the day we knew there was something there and uh, we knew it's just you know with quarterbacks sometimes it takes time before it actually just clicks and so uh, I actually think this may have been a good thing for him to kind of just uh, sit back and be able to watch I mean I know we drafted Trey and you know Trey ended up having a great camp and you know he ended up being the number two Nick ended up being the starter so unfortunately for Taylor at the time he had to kind of sit back and watch but you know the way things have, have unfolded now uh, he gets his opportunity and you know what better way to have an opportunity than when you've had something you know, pretty much almost taken away from you. So, um, you know, I was surprised a little bit, but uh, at the same time, I can't say I was fully surprised. I almost expected that performance out of him. Um, you know, I know he's a mobile guy. I know he can throw on the run. He has a big arm, um, you know, and we all saw him get out of trouble, which, which I felt like was the play of the game when he was able to, to hit uh, uh, Mike Mike Jones on the sideline uh, to keep that drive alive for us. So, um, you know, uh, you know, it's his, it's his time. He's up, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to treat him just like we do everybody else. We expect him to go out and win games for us. Yeah, no question. Now, was that the play where Taylor, because I haven't, I haven't reviewed the game yet, but it was that the mm-hmm. was that the play where Taylor spun left twice to get out of trouble and then then re- released the football. I think that was the play, yeah, wasn't it? He, yeah, he was back there dancing with the stars. I told him he thought he was on dancing with the stars at that <laughs> point in time. I think he he put a pretty good move on uh on 23 from Montreal <laughs> to get loose uh, to his left side, but he did. He actually spun out a couple times. Um, you know, he had his left foot down and he pivoted once or twice and got out and, you know, he made a heck of a throw on the sideline to keep that drive alive. So uh, when you get a chance to view it, I, I think you'll be pretty impressed by that play. Yeah, no question. Uh, I know live it was pretty impressive, so I'm looking forward to watching that back. But 19-31, 230 yards passing, touchdown, one interception. And I wouldn't put the interception on him. That went off of Kyle Oxley's hands. And, uh, probably should have caught it. But... Uh, <laughs> What's the one thing when you 
I, 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 maybe I'll ask this in a couple of different ways here, but when when you watched the film of Taylor Cornelius last year and you, you, you know, you're going, okay, now I have a chance to coach him. What did you want him to improve on? I think that's an easy question to ask. What did you want him to kind mm -hmm. of maximize that he did really well last year and, and kind of improve on that skill? Uh, well, of course, the, like you said, the easy question is, is is cutting down on the turnovers. Now, you know, one of those games, I think when he first got his opportunity, he might have had like seven or eight against Winnipeg in one game, if I'm not mistaken, when he was thrown in the fire. Um, I didn't feel like, you know, the turnovers that he was having at the time were just like just dumb misreads in a sense that he was just giving it up and just throwing it to the other team. I felt like, you know, sometimes he was throwing the ball deep and, uh, may have been overthrowing some of his guys, and DBs may have been over top of him as opposed to even with receivers, which gives them uh, the advantage to make the play. So, you know, that was the easy thing to, to tell him, hey, man, we got to cut down on the turnovers. But the thing to build off of, I think, is just decision-making, making the right decision, and, again, using your legs. This is a league that if you've got a mobile quarterback that can extend plays and make it harder on defenses, um, then that's how teams are winning, you know. I mean, look at how well our opponent is this week in, in the Blue Bombers. Um, you know, Zach is doing a great job. It's not like they, they run a ton of plays, but when things aren't there, you know, Zach, Zach is a mobile enough guy that he extends plays. The receivers work hard for him to get open. And, you know, zones turn into man at some point when you're holding, holding the ball four or five seconds. So, um, and that's when Zach, you know, is at his best. So, um, you know, I won't tailor to um, duplicate that and replicate that and do the same thing, you know. Let's make it hard on their defense as well. And so, you know, I think he went out and, and did that last week and, and did a tremendous job at it. Jarius Jackson joining us tonight. Edmonton Elks uh, pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Elks and Bombers on Friday night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. 530 is countdown to kickoff. 7 o'clock the kickoff right here on 630 Chet. Let's stay with Zach Caleros. And uh, I would not call him a mobile quarterback or a quarterback that, you know, attacks with his legs. But when he moves in the pocket, he he's very good at being elusive in in that pocket and I would call him a pocket passer I mean Ricky Ray had that as well where yeah I mean I, I, I remember calling the one game where he rushed for 135 yards in Vancouver against the BC Lions but at the same time it's like yeah we know Ricky Ray is not you know that type of quarterback but what does Zach do well or the best pocket passers do well uh, with their feet to stay alive and so you had to bring up that Ricky Ray a hundred and something yards rushing against Oh gosh, you were on the time, sidelines. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's all right. I, I, got, I got to watch that firsthand. But uh, no, just like you said, I mean, Zach, Zach does a great job manipulating the pocket. I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. They have a great old line. Those guys have been together for a while, and, and they're going to come off the ball. They're going to create creases in the run game, and they're going to give Zach the time he needs to push the ball down the field, you know. So, um, and, and when things aren't there, let's say you cover them up on the back end, I think he does does a tremendous job, like I said, of manipulating the pocket. Even if he has to get out and try to extend the plays, it's not like he's getting out to run all the time. I didn't mean it from that standpoint, but I'm just talking about as far as extending the plays. Like, you know, DBs are used yeah. to covering for a short amount of time, but whenever you can get out as a quarterback and get out on the edge at times when the pocket does break down or even if you're just kind of moving you know, a few feet in the pocket left or right just to, you know, buy extra time to be able to get that ball off, 
I think, you know, Zach is one of the greatest at doing that right now, which is, uh, you know, contributing to their success. When you look at the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers front seven, especially their their ends in Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeff, who, especially with Willie, who is not your prototypical anything. He's just a crazy athlete who is tall and he's rangy and his wingspan is big. And, you know, I mean, Taylor's not a small man as well, but, you know, it's going to probably feel at times like here's this mammoth number five coming at him with 94 on the backside. What, what's the key against when you have those type of defensive ends? And, you know, let's not forget their interior guys are good. And you got Adam Big Hill, who you know very well, up the middle. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I mean, I, to me personally, you know, nothing against the back end, but that's the strength of their def- defense. I think everyone in the league knows that. I mean, you know, Willie gets a lot of the attention or whatnot, but at the end of the day, I think uh, Jeff Coat is just as good, if not better. So, um, yeah. you know, you got two bookends and those guys. Um, you know, like you said, you got Biggie holding down the middle. So, um, you got you got to you know you got to fight out. Matt, Fight iron with iron, basically. You know what I mean. So, at the end of the day, you got to go at them. You can't be afraid of them. You know they're gonna punch you in the mouth, so you better be ready to punch them in the mouth. You got to be able to get the ball out quick, just like we were talking about earlier, as far as extending plays and drives. You know, as much as you can, try and keep them off the field offensively as well. That hopefully they can't score. I know their defense can score points as well, but hopefully if we don't give them to them, then you know hopefully they only have to they they only get the opportunity to score points offensively, and we can. Um, somehow manage the clock as, as far as just like we did last week in the fourth quarter of holding the ball 10 minutes. So if we can put some drives together like that, I think it definitely gives us a, a chance to win. 11 first downs in that fourth quarter too. And, and Montreal only had one. That was quite impressive. That was very impressive. So, you know, for us, you know, if you put it on tape once, we know it can be done. So uh, I think that's something that we definitely try, need to try and build on this weekend. Jerry Jackson joining us, Edmonton Elks QB's coach and pass game coordinator here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. So I've been talking about it a bit tonight. Uh, Kenny Lawler named one of the top performers of the week, uh, seven catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. It could have been a lot more, but he drew Mm -hmm. on one player, three DPIs, that's defensive pass interference, of 108 yards. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever Mm -hmm. seen that before, Uh, but... Kenny just seems to be a guy that just wants to win. He doesn't care how he does it. But how important is it for someone like Taylor and your quarterbacks to have a receiver in your receiving core who who plays so selflessly? You know what? I mean, that's what you have to have. Like, you know, he's the horse of that group. I think everybody knows it. And, um, you know, even the defenses know it. They know we're going to try to get him the ball. Um, you know, and that's just what it is. I mean, he's, he's coming to his own in the past few years. I was able to actually... Uh, I had the experience of having him in BC uh, before he actually went to Winnipeg. He actually mm-hmm. didn't make our team because of a ham- hamstring injury or what have you. But you know, it's been nice from afar to just you know watch him grow. As I've been on other teams and he's been with uh, Winnipeg, and you know to have this opportunity now to be on the same sideline with him, coaching him up with Coach Howell as well, and uh, just seeing how he works and, and his mentality. I mean, the biggest thing that people don't see about. Kenny is that he comes to work every day. You know what I mean? Like, he, he plays every practice like he's in a game. It's not like he just shows up to a game and all of a sudden he's this big star. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's putting in a lot of work behind the scenes. And I think it's, it's you know, um, coming to fruition on the field for him. Jarius, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow at practice. And uh, all the best in the preparations leading up to Friday. 
All righty. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Jarius Jackson, Edmonton Elks, pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And yeah, the number is 11 right now, the number of quarterbacks that uh, Jarius Jackson has worked with. And that's not the number I came up with. That was, uh, I'll give credit to my good friend, uh, Jerry Montajon from Post Media. Uh, he had that number, but it was, uh, you know, it was a good performance from Taylor Cornelius and 231 yards. And I know some people say, well, that's not a, that's not exactly a, you know, a, a big number. You're right. It's not necessarily, but not every game is going to require that number. And, you know, Taylor said yesterday, Taylor Cornelius said yesterday, you know, we left a lot out on the field. So it could have been, you know, a bigger number if some things connected. I mean, you look, what if 108 yards of penalty yards turned into actually receiving yards? You got a monster night from Kenny Lawler with almost a 200 yard night in receiving yards. And, I can't remember what the uh, targets were, but I think it was something like 13 targets and seven catches. So, you know, Kenny Lawler is getting looked at a lot by any quarterback who is out there, and why wouldn't you? So there is opportunity for this team to do more, but you know what? You you have to take what you get. He got 231 yards. His air yards per completion were 10 yards. So that's that's not bad. I mean, you're completing a first down every every single time you throw on average. That's pretty good. And the kid can move too. But now he, he gets the six and no bombers. A, a team that he played pretty well against for the most part against the uh, against the uh, two games at home, especially. And remember one of those games, he had one day of full reps because Trevor Harris pulled himself out of day two after hurting his neck on in the Labor Day rematch game. So that game, they were up by one in the fourth quarter, and then bing, bing, consecutive uh, offensive series. Pick six and a strip sack, scoop and score, and that's the ball game. And then uh, the other home game, the uh, Elks are up by two or three or something like that. It might have been tied. I can't remember, but it was a one-possession game. Aaron Grimes had a pick six right in his hands, and he never usually drops that. He did that night, and... What did the uh, Bombers do? They came out and scored. And I think I think Zach Caleros completed the pass to Kenny Lawler on the next play, and then two plays later, it's in the end zone. So the 6-0 and o Bombers are for real. They're doing it differently this year. They're not a powerful run team anymore. They have a good defense. They have a quarterback who's playing at an MOP level again. Greg Ellingson is playing out of this world, and he did not practice today again. So he was a non-participant. So that's something to watch on their injury report for tomorrow, if he'll play or not. So we'll see what happens. But it should be a fun affair on Friday and a beautiful night, about 24 degrees. So uh, get your tickets. It's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, Elks have won two or three. They're two and four, six and no bombers, two-time defending uh, Great Cup champions. Awesome. National League leads 2 nothing in the bottom of the second at the uh, 2022 MLB All-Star Game in Los Angeles. Back in a moment. All right, Alec Manoa of the Toronto Blue Jays on the hill, and he struck out William Contreras, and then he fans Jock, uh, Jock Peterson, who was arguing balls and strikes with the umpire in an all-star game. I, I have mad respect for that. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt uh, recently has the, or has the last score or the latest score, uh, hit a home run. So the NL is up two zip on the AL in the bottom of the second in the Midsummer Classic at Dodger Stadium. Talk more football with uh, Belton Johnson 
after the news at 7 o'clock. And looking forward to this after 7.30. He's been on the show many times. Dr. Randy Gray, current managing director of the Edmonton Riverhawks, former five-time Stanley Cup champion of your Edmonton Oilers. It's Campbell in for Wilkie on 6.30 Chad Inside Sports this week. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.